to I Love It, Don't You? The podcast where friends share with friends whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And I'm Janelle. And this week, um, we are discussing Playing House, which is a half-hour sitcom on USA Network by Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham. They created this, and they play the two main characters, Emma and Maggie. And Maggie, when we join the program, Maggie is eight months pregnant, and Emma is her best friend who lives in China and is coming home for the baby shower. And while she's at home, they discover that Maggie's husband is having an affair online, and Maggie and Bruce are then going to get a divorce, and Emma decides to stay home and help Maggie raise this child. So they get up to a bunch of misadventures and hijinks and whatnot. And it's a show that really focuses on female friendship, which is really cool. Has a lot of great minor characters. And I just love a lot of the characters and a lot of the story behind it. Because Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham are friends in real life. And really love that behind the scenes stuff also. So I had Janelle and Elizabeth watch it for this time. So yeah, so what'd you guys think? Janelle, I want to hear you go first, if you don't if mind. you want to hear me. Yeah. <laughs> Is this because I'm the wild card? <laughs> You're always the wild card, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. I had never heard of this show prior to Kim talking about it, and so I kind of didn't know what to expect. I had in my mind that this was going to be like a sitcom I mean, it kind of is, but it doesn't have a sitcom vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I feel like at some places it was kind of unnatural, but that's kind of typical for a comedy. But in general, I really like this show. <laughs> okay. I have very disorganized thoughts about this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, the main characters kind of seem a little disorganized themselves, so that's kind of like... Kind of <laughs> okay, so I fit. You know, you kind of fit in. I really enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed it so much. And uh, I didn't know that Peel, I think it's Peel. Keegan-Michael Key. Key? Oh, Key. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know he was in this. And I just, I really loved him in this role. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought he was so funny. And of course, I love the two female characters. But I just think adding him as kind of like this third guy to round out everything. I think it just works so well. Um... And I really enjoyed it. I think it's interesting, because I was super excited to see Key as well. But I think more and more we're kind of seeing where Key can play straight men pretty well. You know, like, he's playing the normal person in the middle of this. Yeah. Um, But instead of just being a stick in the mud, you can tell he's always, like, on the edge of just losing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... Which I think is a nice place for him. So he's not always the most exciting person in this, but he is. it's nice to see him have a lot of sincerity in a role instead of just being goofy. I think in later seasons, you see sometimes they give him a little bit more room to play in an episode or two where he's kind of going crazy himself, which is fun to watch, especially after he's kind of been the straight man. But I do, yeah, I do really, really love his character and love him. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you guys say that. Did you guys ever see, um, oh, what's his name? Um, the movie where, like, the cat, they had a cat. Keanu. Keanu. Oh, my gosh. I feel like he also plays kind of like a straight character in that. And 
I just, I think that movie's so funny. I know, like, it got really bad reviews, but I don't care. I have never heard of this movie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's, my gosh. And the cat is so adorable. I just love it so much. I think it was on HBO for a while. It might still be. Um, but he also, I think, plays kind of like a straight character in that as well and is a really good foil for all the crazy things that go on. Right. I'm not surprised at all that he's good at playing these like straight characters. Yeah. It's just... Because, I mean, he was actually originally going to be a dramatic actor. Like, he's mm-hmm. playing in Hamlet right now. He plays Hor- Horatio. And that was always his dream, was to do, like, dramatic theater. It's just that he landed into sketch comedy and yeah. stuff. So it's cool to see him in what he has wanted to do, or close to what he's wanted to do. I didn't know that he had that kind of range, and I think that is mm-hmm. really awesome. There's a lot of comedians and stuff that kind of get their start doing bigger things, like doing bigger, broader things, mm-hmm. and then like kind of go the dramatic route. And I always love that, because they can easily do the comedy and bring comedy sometimes to those roles that might not have it but just kind of stun you with how amazing of a dramatic actor they are too like Steve Carell is one example Jack Black is always way too broad way too big for me for the most part but like I love Mm -hmm. him in The Holiday where they let him do a little bit of craziness but not too much like he's very much a more tame character yeah um so this was a question that I keeps coming to my mind is which is the crazier character, Emma or Maggie? I want to hear your opinions. Like which you think is a little bit nuttier, or are they both I just don't crazy? Oh man, they're both crazy. <laughs> but I want to say Emma for some reason. Wait, which one's Emma's the yeah, blonde? Yeah, Emma. I was gonna say that because I feel like Mags kind of tries to ground her every so- once in a while when she starts acting really crazy. But then I think they both do that for each other. At certain mm-hmm. points. They're both like, let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's not do that, you know? Right. Well, they both have very different brands of crazy is the thing. Emma's craziness comes from wanting to control things and being oblivious to stuff and just being generally high strung. Whereas Maggie's crazy comes from her doing like off the wall stuff, like freaking Bocephus, <laughs> the, the trucker character. And... I mean, they both did the, the, like, lesbian lie thing. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. wasn't it Maggie that kind of started it? But then Emma did perpetuate it. Yeah. Because it was the doctor that just assumed, and then they both just went along with it. Yeah. But I mean, like, as a general rule, when it's something that's just off the wall and bizarre, it feels like it's always Maggie that does it. So at first I want to say Emma, because Emma's usually causing the trouble, quote unquote. But Maggie is the one that just does the weird stuff. Yeah. I don't know. What I liked about the Bocephus little scene is that Emma goes along with Maggie. She's like, I know this Mm -hmm. is crazy. But I'm in it, you know? Right, <laughs> You yeah. decided you're going to do this, and uh, I'm going to support you, uh, no matter how crazy I think this is. And maybe right. that's just right. a sign of how crazy Emma is as well. They're very compatible, I think. Oh, yeah. They're both insane, for sure. I just am saying, pick your crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, this is why this was a question, is because, for me, like, first watching, like, I think you kind of automatically assume Emma is the crazier one because just in day-to-day life, she seems a little bit more 
crazy and whatever. But then Maggie seems to hold it together better. But then when Maggie goes off the rails, Maggie goes off the rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like the swimming pool episode or Bocephus oh or whatever. And I just, I think it's very interesting. And I think it's well written that way. Like the way they're both, yeah, equally nutty, but just in very different ways. And just the way that all of us kind of said, well, at first impression, it'd be Emma. But wait, that's not really true. And I just find that an interesting dynamic that they were able to create this and create that impression. And I think that's kind of on purpose because I think if you watch interviews with them, Jessica St. Clair seems a little bit more like the one that's going to be doing that kind of stuff and whatever. But Lennon is right there with her. It very much seems reflective of their real life personalities too. No, they're they're definitely bizarre. Like I would have said Emma a hundred percent if it weren't for Bocephus. She's got so much dramatic stuff going on that like I kind of excuse the swimming pool episode because oh her old crush has swept her off her feet and she's kind of getting to live some of the dreams that she had before. So like I get her going insane for that, but like Bocephus is just like out in left field. Yeah. <laughs> I think also with the swimming pool episode, I think that even she is aware of what she's doing is crazy. She just like doesn't care. She just wants Yeah. She wants something, I guess. I also really loved... Uh, do y'all know the name of the actor that played the guy from the swimming pool episode? Oh, um, not um, a clue, but I know that he was in Parks and Rec. Yeah, he was also in The League. That's gonna hit me later. Like, he's a big girl, Gilmore Girls fan. Um, That's kind of adorable. Because, like, he's always playing, like, these really, like, vulgar characters. Jason... No. Jason Manzoukas. Jason Manzoukas. Yeah. Manzoukas. Uh, I just love him so much. So I was really excited to see him in that episode. One of my favorite crazy Maggie moments was when she was trying to find her ex-husband. Yeah. And she's like goes into that bar and, and, and like interrogates the waitress that works there. I just loved all of it so much. And do you guys recognize, did you guys recognize that actress? She was in the Broadway hair, musical Hairspray, I believe. I think so. And then she also got her own TV show, which I should have looked that up because I used to watch it. But it was cool to see her. And I like that nod to Hairspray as well. Mm-hmm. You all were talking about Bocephus, and so I was just going to bring up, I'm pretty sure Lennon, like, that's kind of a character that Lennon does just in real life. Jessica St. Clair, like, talks about how when Lennon is pretending to be Bocephus, she's just kind of mean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because cause this is also interesting, like, how they write the show is Lennon and Jessica actually act it all out as, like, as they're writing. Like, that's their first draft is them acting it out and just improving with each other. And so I think they, mm. I think they used to like record it and then make like their writers transcribe it. But now I think it might have evolved to, they have their writers in the room and their writers are transcribing as they're like acting out all this and being crazy. But Lennon Parham plays all of the men's roles when they're doing this, and like she loves to play men's roles. Like this is something about Lennon, and it's just it cracks <laughs> me up. Also, you have not seen the last of Bocephus. Oh, good. No. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Do you not like Bocephus? I don't know. <laughs> Bocephus has been used for great evil, and he's creepy. <laughs> like, I feel like I've probably met people like Bocephus, and I don't like it. 
Um, I mean, she does a great job doing it, though. Like, the physical comedy involved in that just cracks me up. But, like, I don't know. It's It was... I think the thing is, it's so jarring because I feel like prior to that, Maggie was relatively normal. She just usually was bouncing off of uh, Emma. Mm-hmm. And that was where her craziness came from. But then Bocephus came around, and it's like a whole new Maggie. And it was really kind of hard to digest. Like, it was good... It was just bizarre. So, I don't know. Bocephus, kind of gross. I'm glad that the hat's gone, but I'm sure she's probably going to find another one somehow. The little jumpy crab walk thing that she does, though, cracks me up. Oh, yeah. The jumpy crab walk (laughs) thing. I don't even know what you'd call it. Like, she pulls her, like, jumps and pulls her knees up, like, practically up to her, like, armpits. Huh. And sways her arms back and forth. It's kind of like a little, like, hillbilly jig type thing. Okay. You know what I'm talking about, Elizabeth? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. She was, like, as a, okay. and especially, like, when she was dancing for her brother at the end of the episode, like... Yeah. I thought that was a really sweet moment. I love her brother. Yeah. I was gonna ask, so, favorite characters? I think out of the two of them, I think Maggie is my favorite, but as far as side characters go, uh, I want to say Mark, but every time Zach pops up on the screen... I just, I love him to bits. I think he's so funny and adorable. Yeah, I think Mark is my favorite character right now. Even though I want to say one of the girls, because uh, I love them so much. I just, I love the storyline with, was it Jeffrey stealing the gnomes? Um, the oh, yes. Gnomes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Forgot about that completely. Uh, I love the Joffrey. Dad, that's so Joffrey. Oh, Joffrey. Yeah, he was actually Joffrey, which is hilarious because I'm wondering if they were trying to make a Game of Thrones reference or not. Right. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I just like I love the interrogation. <laughs> I just loved all of it. I don't know. I just love his police character so much. I like watching him solve those cr- those like crimes quote unquote yeah that's just probably my favorite character right now but the two i mean maggie and emma together are just magic i think for me emma's definitely my favorite but mark would be my favorite side character what do you think about her relationship with her mom i thought (laughs) it was so funny that her mom was like um no i'm not gonna have a relationship with you because you haven't called me in forever right uh oh my gosh and her poem (gasps) emma's poem that she wrote oh I was like, that is so funny. She was so proud of it, too. But no one no one gave her any props. Anyway, yeah. what do you think about that? So probably the first time I watched it, like, it was like, okay, whatever. But as I've watched it more and, like, because this summer I just... When season three came out, I went into a ma- major, like, watching season three and then re-watching and re-watching and re-watching. So I really, as I've watched it more, I really kind of like it and find that storyline very interesting because it doesn't just go away after season one. There's stuff with her mom and their complicated relationship all through all three seasons. And so I do find that very interesting, kind of them trying to Mm -hmm. discover if there's a relationship there uh, and kind of let go of some of the hurts maybe and not really at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I also find it very interesting that Maggie has become good friends with her mom now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I found all of that really weird, and it was hard for me to digest it. And I I, I hate it when people say this, but I know the mom from... Malcolm uh, in the Middle? Yeah. And so to see her be, like, proper and trying to not you know, say all of her feelings and everything was, like, really weird for me. It was such a departure from the only thing that I've ever seen her in. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does a good job of it, but it's 
And, and that relationship, it's just so bizarre to me that a mother wouldn't, like, want to have a relationship with her daughter when the chance is there. And I know that it's probably, I know that she probably actually does. It's just, I don't know, it was weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's weird from all of us with our relationships with our moms, but it's something that mm-hmm. definitely happens. There are mothers out there who don't have you know who don't want to have relationships with their daughters and I think in this case she's hurt and she does want a relationship with her daughter she just doesn't know how to express it mm-hmm. but so I definitely I think it's I also think it's interesting feasible. that yeah I think it's feasible I also think it's interesting like I think that her mom kind of taking like kind of a hands-off approach for years even though it seems very cold you know like in reality in the show it's kind of funny but like if you really look at it objectively it's a pretty cold thing to do but yeah. I think that it also gives Maggie some time to be like no wait I do want a relationship with my mom you know like Emma I'm sorry Emma to say I do want a relationship with my mom and like when you have, I guess that's so weird, but when you have someone who's so, like, readily available or just always, and you don't you don't want them that involved in your lives, like, kind of letting Emma come to the realization that she does want some kind of relationship with her mom. I mean, mm-hmm. right now I don't think that she's fully conscious of that, but I do think that she wants something. Have you all noticed any recurring jokes? <sighs> I have, but I can't think of them. Some that I have listed might be, like, they come back later on. So, like, maybe they didn't recur in season one. But definitely, like, the beginning part was there. Like, Emma tipping her invisible cap to Mark in episode one. Like, that definitely happens Mm -hmm. a number of times and cracks me up every time. One of my favorites is, like, Emma acting like Mark doesn't do anything as a cop. And, oh, yes. Yeah. No, that's hilarious. And that we see several times over, and we definitely see several times in season one, where she's like, but what What do you do? But you don't do anything. And also, Emma being mistaken for a man happens. Um, oh, yeah. and, and comments about her, her broad shoulders, like, in the episode where... Maggie's little brother has the date or whatever, and he's saying it's a different sweater because the sweater she's wearing has shoulder pads. <laughs> and then and then his his date says, I know you're really a woman, and I know you're really a man. <laughs> also, body be banging. That, that phrase oh, gets yeah. said, said a lot. Just their general teen speak is... is pretty prevalent uh-huh mm-hmm. body be banging totes cool stuff yeah maggie's not maggie emma stealing mark's dust um <laughs> i know i know it happens twice in season one it happens i can't think of the first time oh oh it happens when they get arrested for swimming in the pool but also oh then, yeah she sits at his desk and then when she's putting together the um strip show Mm -hmm. she also steals his desk then as her command center she does it another time i think in the first one because each time she picks up a bag of evidence right and why why do you have a bag of hair on your desk why do you have a bag of teeth on your desk right (laughs) because at one point he's like every time you go into that drawer it's going to be evident (laughs) and then and then bocephus and yeah so i just yeah i was wondering if anything had stuck out to you all about recurring jokes Emma being mistaken for a man stuck out to me. And also, um, Emma saying that she doesn't like that old lady who called her a man in the first episode. <laughs> that also stuck out to me. <laughs> like, I really liked her. Because I'm pretty sure when she performed the poem she wrote about her mom, the old, that old lady was, was there as well and said something negative about the poem. And she was like, well, 
I don't really care about you or something yeah. like that. <laughs> like, so that stuck out to me. Oh, just the general awkwardness and semi-vulgarness of the Pakistani guy uh-huh. cracks oh, yeah. me up. Because he's always, <laughs> he's just bizarre in general. It's not really a recurring gag. It's like literally just his character is, he's always doing something very uncomfortable, whether he's asking Mark, who has just pulled him over, to like asking him to strip um, <laughs> or when he's, like, demonstrating all of the ways that Maggie's baby could kill itself um, in the nursery. Yes, I, I enjoy him. He's really, he's hard to watch, and yet he's really funny at the same yeah. time. Do y'all have a favorite episode from the ten that we watched? I want to say the stripping episode. That one was pretty funny. Uh-huh. Just because it's a total reversal of expectations that all these, like, little old ladies and, like, normal people would want to watch their cops strip. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I'm trying to think. There's there's another one that really, really stuck out. I really loved when they go for the brunch with Mark's wife. Uh, yes. I ended up Bird loving Bones. that episode. Bird Bones. I, I do want to talk really about the, t- Tina Bird Bones in a minute, but go ahead. Uh, I just really love that they ended up kind of like apologizing for calling her bird bones and like you know like being like they were mean and as teenagers and now as they're older they can like <laughs> well at the beginning of the episode they don't feel too bad about it but i really love that they acknowledge that i don't know right just kind, like kind of come to that realization that they are being kind of mean girls yes yeah mm-hmm. and also the episode where oh i just really love that scene where you know mark it's getting drunk at the bar. It's after Tina has learned that Mark would have gone with Emma to China. And, like, Mark almost makes out with Emma. And Emma's like, no, uh, we're not going to do that. And I just thought that showed a lot of growth for her character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I really like that episode. Um, yeah, I think my two favorites would have to be Spaghetti and Meatballs, which is the cop stripping one because there's a lot of good Mark Emma interaction you're gonna see a theme mm-hmm. in my two favorite episodes um <laughs> and then the next episode which is 37 weeks because I really like kind of that's when Mark tells Emma that he would have gone to China with her that's when she apologizes to him and there's there's really good Mark Emma yeah. interaction too and also things blow up which is kind of funny um mm-hmm. so those those are my like two favorite episodes so okay so you mentioned bird bones tina yeah how do you feel the show did with their treatment of her okay so i actually like tina i think that she's so sweet and and at times i even kind of like what i see of the relationship between her and mark even though we don't get to see a lot of it you know um Mm -hmm. he's obviously like he fixed up the house for her he knew about her hoarding addiction and i think that off the top of my head, on my first viewing, I don't see some, anything problematic about how they treated her character. And, okay. you know, sometimes I'm blind to that stuff, so I would love to hear if you guys saw anything like that. My thought when watching it was, I couldn't see why Maggie and Emma were, like, so weirded out by her. Like, I know she was awkward, and I know that everything was pristine, but they, it seemed like the characters themselves, like really mistreated her like they were they were really more kind of leaning on their former thoughts about her than anything and so like 
it was bizarre and to watch that, but then I thought it was really nice that, like, the thing that broke that and made them see that she's a person was just that they find her hoarder's closet. It was a really mature way of diffusing very immature people, mm-hmm. I guess. I, yeah, and I also like that they admitted, like, yeah, we were mean because I was mean because I was jealous of you. Like, right. uh, Emma ends up saying that, and I really appreciate that as well. Like, they admit that they were flawed and their judgment of her. Right, because, um, yeah, because Emma's got all sorts of feelings going on, and Emma doesn't want to let go of high school thoughts because it's Mark's wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we see, because Mark, when he first comes up to the car in the very first episode, says, like, that Tina's not going to be able to make it to the to the baby shower. So we see before Emma's come back, Maggie has had a friendship with Tina. And so as Mark sits there and tells them, when you two get together, you get mean. And we see that in the second episode. I do like the resolution and how they kind of went from there. Towards the end of the season, I kind of feel like they start throwing in problems for Mark and Tina in a way that feels more more forced. This is the stereotypical way a bad wife acts and we're going to have her act that and way like kind of the the coupon thing and doesn't want to support Mark in a new job and that sort of thing. So I feel like I don't necessarily like the way that they bring in the problems for Mark and her. I think they could have easily had her and Mark having problems. I feel like they're relying on some stereotypes when they start the way that they went, when they start doing that and painting her in a bad light, still leaving Mark in a good light. And that kind of irks me a little bit the more I watch. Like, and this is, again, the more I watch. Like, this was probably on, like, the fifth rewatch that this started annoying me. And I was like, wait. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I agree on the the not supporting the job thing. Mm -hmm. The the coupon thing, I didn't notice it as much with the job. I, I mean, I did, but I didn't. The coupon thing, like felt fine to me though because she is like kind of anal retentive right but i think it would have been less obvious if they had introduced those things more slowly Mm -hmm. you know what i mean right because both of those issues were introduced in the same episode or like one right after another something like that uh well the job was the last episode the coupon like kind of just the coupon nagging harping type thing like yes Mm -hmm. she's been anal retentive but it almost seemed like it was just much more like naggy mark completely like giving way in that interaction yeah you know and all like all three of the last episodes kind of are building and and dealing with that and kind of just that's where the portrayal for her starts kind of i wish they would have taken it a little bit different way it feels like it happens pretty quickly Maybe, maybe it's just because it's a half an hour show, but anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would, I have mixed feelings on it. Probably if I watched it more, it probably would bother me more. But yeah, I don't know how I feel about Mark coming out squeaky clean, because I hadn't even noticed that. He kind of doesn't completely, though, because, I mean, he was willing to make out with uh, Emma while he still is married and committed to his wife. Yeah. Right. Now, granted, I mean, he was ju- he was drunk, but... Yeah, I, I don't think that's a good excuse, though. Um, right. I mean, and not general. necessarily that he's squeaky clean, but, like, 
I don't know, at least for me, like, if I'm going to take negative feelings and start not liking one of the characters based on those three episodes, it's going to be Tina. It's not going to be Mark, even though what Mark leaning in to make out with her is wrong and I don't agree with that. But, you know, oh, you can write that off as he was drunk. Oh, you, you know, like, I just feel like if you're if you're left after, like, those episodes with disgruntled feelings for anyone, it's going to be Tina and yeah and it that's just true and it just seems like the way they went with it was an easy an easier route than like showing showing problems that had been building and for a while or whatever and just kind of being a little bit more true to the characters they've already created the thing is I guess like I don't know I don't think by the end of season one that I disliked Tina Mm-hmm. And, like, I get what you're saying because I can see how people can watch what's going on and start having negative feelings toward her. Now, I'm interested to see where they take her character. Now that you've said all this, I'm interested to see how they deal with her character further on in the series. But right now, like, I mean, can we talk about Mark and Emma shipping territory? Yeah. Um, let me, okay? let me say one, one more thing. I mean, even in season three, I still like Tina. I don't okay, always good. like the way she's treated. Got it. Okay. By the show. But I but I do mm-hmm. like Tina. And again, like, first watching, like, none of this ever entered my head. So that's why. And I was just curious, like, what you all picked up on. But yes, Mark, Emma, shipping territory, go. It's kind of, like, hard for you because I'm like, I do ship Mark and Emma. I really like the back and forth they have going on and everything. But then at the same time, I like Tina, so I don't want her to get hurt. And so that's an interesting love triangle I think they've kind of created now that I'm really talking about it out loud. Mm-hmm. So at times it's kind of like I do root. Of course, I'm rooting for Mark and Emma, but it's kind of hard for me too because I'm also like, oh, but like he's married to Tina. What do you guys think? Janelle, what are your thoughts? And then I'll give my thoughts. I don't know. I, I like Tina and I like Mark. Mm-hmm. But they don't give us any chemistry there. Yeah, they don't have a lot of screen time together. Yeah. So I can't... I'm not emotionally invested in their relationship. Not that I want Mark to cheat on her or get divorced from her or anything, but, like, I I don't get too awful excited about their relationship. Yeah. I don't know. That probably helps me really enjoy when Emma and Mark actually have legitimate chemistry on scene or in a scene it comes across very very nice like I I love it when they're painting the house and when they're talking and everything together yeah I think they're it's really good scenes and and we finally see why they liked each other like they have banter prior to that but I didn't see anything that made me think that they could still be a couple like I knew that they were going to gravitate towards that just because that's how shows tend to work. It wasn't until really later in the season that anything actually felt like chemistry, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just kind of have... I like it, but in general I just kind of have whatever feelings because <laughs> I, I don't know. It's 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 too early, I guess. Yeah. Like, I always have a hard time when you have a married character and obviously like they're kind of gearing you towards rooting for him with another person. Like, I don't really like that. Once that gets dissolved, hopefully like I don't want, I don't really like the idea of what that would get dissolved because this other person comes in and disturbs that relationship. But if you can believe that they just had, you know, that they already had marriage problems and that's, you know, and they kind of, 
choose to dissolve this relationship not having anything to do with the third person like then I can root for them better um, absolutely which, yeah. which is probably why I'm a little sensitive to the way that they start just kind of out of the <laughs> middle of nowhere bringing Tina and Mark's issues and that there's not quite as much buildup as I would like to see and like kind of feeling like they went with kind of some easy reasons all that being said I mean I don't like it but then I do tend to be the sucker for the relationship that they're telling me to root for and I'm the sucker for this one too so yeah I ship Mark and Emma I just really liked in that bar scene when he leans in to make out with Emma and Emma's like no like you have to go and you have to you know you have to work on this you got to put all your cards on the table you know like I do like the way the show was going in that direction because I agree with you like if it's like I don't want a marriage to fail because of a third person I want mm-hmm. it to fail because it just wasn't meant to work out so I'm interested to see where they go with that I'm interested for you to watch and see where they go with that <laughs> <laughs> I was surprisingly uh really rooting for Emma and that random guy from the swimming pool episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. I really like their storyline too. She was like, was that you? Did you draw that mural? He was like, yes. Oh my gosh. It, and it's so funny because a lot of the time I don't like things like that that come out of left field. And I could see it a mile away. But it was still really cute and really well done. And I mm-hmm. kind of wish that they had played around with that a little bit more. Because I know the dude's creepy. And I know that it probably would never work out. Mm-hmm. But it was adorable. That it was adorable, adorable for one off. Like I, I, you know, I was good with the fact we never saw him again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it too. But if they could have found a way to have him around for like two more episodes, that would have been kind of cute. Yeah. Potentially. I'm if if somebody could do it, I feel like they could have done it in this yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, I am interested to see if you all keep watching your thoughts. And because there is, and I won't say for who, but there are, in season two, there's a love interest introduced that I really like. And in season three, there's a love interest introduced that I really like. Um, And so I'm kind of curious to see what y'all's thoughts are on that. Elizabeth, I mean, both of you, feel free to text me if you continue watching as you get to episodes and whatnot. So, okay, one other last thing I wanted to ask and I didn't notice it as much in season one as I noticed it in other seasons. Um, but there definitely is some product placement. Did you all notice product placement yes. at all? Okay. No. A lot. They are... always They always throw out the names of places. I almost wanted to call it a, um, a, a, retur- a recurring gag. But I mean, like, right. they always throw out the full names of places. Uh-huh. Because, like, they say Ross Dress for Less, and I'm like, uh, no, no? it's called Ross. I mean, it, the technical name is Dress for Less, but, like, nobody calls it Ross Dress for Less. Did they do Ross in it? I, I missed that one. They yeah. did do Ross, yeah. Okay. You best believe that I noticed Ross. <laughs> the ones that tend to stick out in my mind is when they, like, the Highlander and blah, 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 because then they, like, go into detail about oh the my car gosh. and whatever. Um, I love that one, though. Like, that one made really a lot of sense with the narrative, though. It's just, it's really funny because it's interesting to see how different shows do product placement. And, like, they just Mm -hmm. so, it's such a major, like, weak nod, you know, like, we're, you know, we're not even going to try and hide this. We're just going to go for it. And I just really, really love it. They do it much better than, like, um, oh, my God. You guys, I can't remember if you've watched Teen Wolf at all. I have not. 
No. Oh my gosh. They have the stupidest product placement. <laughs> they were sponsored by, I can't remember if it was Toyota, but one of them that has like an agreement with whatever company does like their GPS or whatever. I don't know if it's a proprietary system. And they'll be like, we need to get there now. Pull it up on the car. And then they like <laughs> zoom in on the on the navigation system in the car and they're like slowly typing in how they get there. And I'm like, would you stop it, please? <laughs> get rid of that logo. I get it. You're sponsored by these people for this car. <laughs> so the fact that it can work in this show because it primarily is a comedy. Mm-hmm. But like Teen Wolf... They're so obvious about it, and it's supposed to be a drama. Right. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just crashes and burns so bad. Okay, this is off topic, but I did want to talk about the episode, like the mediation episode, where Emma goes out with Mag's lawyer, and their first, like, fight. I thought that was, I thought it was a really good thing to do, to show that they do have, like, tension. There can be tension in that relationship, even though they're so close. Yeah. Uh, Even though it hurts me to watch, I was like, no, don't fight. I thought that was really interesting. And I thought it was a a good thing to add. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. I didn't straight up dislike any of the episodes, Mm -hmm. but those were really hard to get through, and I probably don't care to watch them again. Mm -hmm. Like... The only one that I, I liked how it turned out, even though it was so hard to watch, was the, the last one of the season, where Emma is just being, like, turned down at every point. Like, she's not like, given the chance to really get to hold the baby. And it was just, like, Maggie was being so cold about it. And typically when they get in a fight, one of them, I, I don't know, it just, it hurts. I don't like it. <laughs> that reminds me, though, of two times that I teared up while watching the first season. One was when Maggie was delivering mm-hmm. and Emma gives her that speech about her mom and uh-huh. I, I teared up. And then... I'm going to go dark here for a mo- moment and then she really went dark. <laughs> oh yeah, she, she, did, she really did. And then I love the last scene of the series when they're in the playhouse again and she shows Emma that her name is on the birth certificate. I legit, like I could have shed a tear. Like, uh-huh. I probably will if I ever rewatch, you know, because I always get more attached to the characters and the storylines on rewatches. I, I thought those were such good moments. Uh, and, like, I was really surprised that this sitcom could elicit those kind of emotions from me, so. Yeah. I think in season three, there's probably a number of times that you might tear up because season three does a really great job of bringing in some stuff that you wouldn't normally see in a comedy and doing a mm-hmm. really great job with it. Season three is my favorite, by the way. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, because there's a storyline inspired by real life that they put into season three, and it just, and that's that's the storyline you wouldn't normally see really in a sitcom, and they do it in such a genuinely real way, and it is very great. That's awesome. I really love, like, kind of that ending scene where they, one, it's kind of, like, um, coming back to the beginning because in, like, the first episode, we have Maggie out in the little yes. playhouse mm-hmm. with with the wild raccoons. For and going it's all out there three to... of them again. They're all, th- like, because the That's baby right. was there at the beginning as well. So That's the baby's right. still there. Yeah, I really do like kind of that circular whatever of them being once again in the in the little playhouse and the fact that now it's Maggie comforting Emma 
And so that's kind of a nice balance, too, is we see that they're both there for each other, like, at different times. Yeah. They both rely on each other, and I really, really like that. So will you all keep watching? Uh, I want to keep watching, but since I got it from a free trial, I just, Mm -hmm. like, we'll see. I mean, I can binge watch like crazy, but I've also been, like, I haven't been consistently binge watching shows. But I need you to go get to season three, Elizabeth. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I'll probably keep watching. I need you to just take a day and finish this, uh, this series. Okay. (laughs) I think I can do that. I'm unemployed, so, I mean, what else do I got to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, and the, the second season is only eight episodes long. And the third season's only eight episodes. Elizabeth can, can finish it in a day if she puts her mind to it. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's I mean, true. it's only eight hours of television. Right. That's a day. De- <laughs> yep. Yep. Maybe that's what I'll watch tonight. Okay, sorry. Janelle, <laughs> uh, are you going to keep watching? <laughs> I don't know. This is something that I would probably rather, like, taking in slowly. Like, it's fun, but it, it's one of those that, like, I don't want to force myself to watch. Just because it's, I, I don't know, I don't always enjoy, like, kind of crazy, off-the-wall type stuff happening. And so when a lot of that happens, you know, episode after episode, like... I like to take time. So I don't know. I think if I can get access to this, if I don't know if I keep CISO. That's that's how Elizabeth and I both watch this is we got free trials to CISO on Amazon. Maybe if I keep CISO or whatever, I'll, I'll probably take my time and, and watch this. So the yeah, I mean, really cheap. Yeah, it's, it's only like $4. Yeah. Now who sounds like they're being sponsored. <laughs> um, <laughs> try CISO. It's $4 a month. It's so easy, and it gives you access to, to videos like Playing House. Oh, wow, I've never heard of that. It sounds like a great... Yep, it's a great deal. Sadly, nobody wants to pay us any money to, sponsor, to uh, plug them. Yeah. But CISO, I think... you know, we're here for you. And we can really use more free subscriptions to TV. So. I think we should send this to CISO as a demo. Be like, hey, this is what we can do for you. Yep. <laughs> You'll reach a whole 15 people. Woo! So, what have you all been obsessing over? Have you been obsessing over anything? Oh, I've been obsessing over a few things. Recently, I started listening to Anna Ferris uh, is Unqualified, the podcast. Okay. One of my favorite podcasts, My Favorite Murder, did a crossover episode with her. So, like, they talked about one person's favorite murder, and then they gave... So, like, on Anna Ferris's show, um, people, like, write into her for advice, and then they pick someone, they call them, they hear what they need advice about their problem, and then they give advice, which Anna Ferris is unqualified to give. And she has, like, a lot of, like, celebrity guests, and they do... Not only do they do, the, like, the advice stuff, but they also do, like, games and some, like, kind of, like, cold reading and skits. So it's kind of cool to just hear these, like, some of these actors just, like, improvise with her. And it could be really funny. But also insightful. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that is good advice. I've been really enjoying that podcast. I don't think I have been watching any TV besides, like, Making History. I've watched I watched some episodes of that. I haven't finished the first season yet, but I kind of instantly fell in love with it. So 
it's on Fox, and uh, the actress that played Blair on Gossip Girl, she is in it, and then one of the, the main actor is also played a character in Happy Endings. I'm just, I don't know. I'm thinking about what I'm going to watch tonight, if I'm going to watch Making History and Playing House. And I know that Kim wants me to watch Playing House. So that's what I've been obsessing over. Janelle? I had to go through my YouTube watch history to figure it out, (laughs) what I've been obsessing over. Because I haven't been doing too awful much. Last night, though, I was having, like, a really nice mid-2000s flashback or whatever, and was listening to some Weird Al Yankovic parodies. Because mm-hmm. they're just beautiful. Um, <laughs> and then, do you guys remember, I, I sent you a couple of these back when we were in grad school. Djibouti dubs on YouTube. It's the guy, he goes and, and um, dubs over, like, infomercials and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With, like, crazy stuff. Yes. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, I haven't really been obsessing over anything else i haven't truly been obsessing over anything but last friday netflix released a show called atypical mm-hmm. yeah i'm wanting to watch that yeah so i watched that whole thing it's only eight episodes so i you know watched that last friday night and it was it was good i enjoyed it so that's really like the only thing i kind of really dived into other than that i haven't really been obsessing over much uh, yeah. i will probably go watch season two and three of playing house again because i tried <laughs> not to do that so that season one would be fresh in my mind i did watch a few favorite episodes last night one from season two and one from season three but i will probably go finish my rewatch of that show now but yeah so janelle what are we doing for next time so next time we're gonna do a first and instead of doing like a legitimate TV show or book or something like that, um, we're actually going to be watching a YouTube series called Hot Ones, Um, and I think I've talked about this before in the what I'm obsessing over. Hot Ones is where this host gets to interview all these um, different celebrities of varying kinds and degrees, and as he asks questions, they both eat progressively hotter and hotter hot wings, and it's just delightful. So... I have made a YouTube playlist of um, the episodes that we're going to watch, and I know included in there will probably be one with Dax Shepard, and I think another with Russell Brand, and oh, I'm trying to think who else. Key and Peele is in in one of them, um, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. So we're going to have a list of about ten of those to watch. One side note is if you are easily offended by, you know, foul language you might want to avoid this one because it's completely uncensored but it is a grand old time so we will share that playlist for you this coming week and you can uh, take a little look-see if you want more i love it don't you content you can visit i love it don't you.wordpress.com and also feel free to find us on any of our social media platforms where usually i love it don't you and If you have some time, we'd really appreciate a review on iTunes. We'd love to know what you think. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.